This is another MP3 podcast from 2NURFM at the University of Newcastle, Australia. 2NURFM, we are talking travel because it's that time on Friday. Thanks to our sponsor, Travel World on King, Barry Warwick with us today. And Barry, we're doing something sort of adventurous, I'd say. Well, yeah, I thought we'd do something a little bit different today, Jane, and that's uh, to talk about bike rental and not just... You know, the push bike rental, but the motorbike rental. Now, that does sound adventurous. That's that's right. And people have been doing, I guess, this in Asia for quite a while. Um, not always have they been licensed and not always are they asked for licenses in Asia. Uh, but people still tend to do it. Not something that I would recommend, but people still do it. However, the motorcycle that I'm talking about today is more in the USA, and um, a lot of people have the the dream, I guess, to do the bike ride and do Route 66 or drive, you know, ride, particularly the Harleys from one side of America to the um, to the other, and that's now possible. So it's um, an epic, really, isn't it, to do that? It's an epic thing, yeah, and I think particularly the Harleys with the sound and. Uh, uh, just the feel of it, uh, I guess, the stem from well, from my era, from the the Easy Rider film. Um, people just really have that that dream. But now you can actually pre-rent a um, motorcycle here from in Australia, uh, pick it up when you arrive over there, and you can do small rentals or you can do the longer rentals. For example, you can do uh, hire in, say, San Francisco, drop off in New York. Uh, sure, there's a one-way drop-off fee, and it's about $750 to do the, the one-way rental there. Uh, but just think of the fun, and I think most bike riders would agree that if they were a little bit short on time so couldn't do the return trip back, um, it would be worth that $750 to, to drop the bike off. Could you do a loop track if you... Loop if, if you wanted to, you could, mm. you know, you, you could start off in, say, San Francisco, go up through um, the, you know, the, some of the great Denver, Grand Teton, Yellowstone, um, Chicago, then across down through Boston, New York, and then circle down to, say, Miami, back across via New Orleans, up through Phoenix, Grand Canyon, Las Vegas. You know, it would be a fantastic trip for the the motorbike enthusiast. Now, there are about 70 locations in the US. There's only a couple in Canada, so that that's sort of a little bit restrictive. Some of them are closed in the winter. Not that I, do. I don't think you'd want to ride in some of those areas in the winter anyway. However, the, um, the, the motorcycles are equipped with saddlebags for storage of personal items. The helmets are there, so you don't have to take your own helmets. Um, and um, there's a vast range. I mean, there's not only Harleys, but there's the BMWs and there's also um, Hondas. So there's, there's a number of different uh, types of bikes available. And... You can actually um, store, you know, your excess luggage at the pickup point. So that, again, you know, if you wanted to hire up for a couple of days, ride around um, the area around San Francisco or ride around California, come up, drop it back off at San Francisco, um, 
you can actually store that excess luggage and then you might do, you know, some other sort of touring or pick up a cruise from there. So uh, all in all, it, if you're a bike enthusiast, it's certainly um, something to, to look forward to. Do you think it would be better to know how to ride a bike and feel confident before you go if you're going to do that? Well, you would need to. And look, in the US, unlike in Asia, you do need to have that valid um, – you must be 21 years or older and hold um, unrestricted licence. So, mm-hmm. yeah. It helps. <laughs> it helps, Yeah. It's not like, um, well, the Cook Islands, I hired a bike there at one stage and it was just a matter of going to the police station, paying you $10. Sometimes they watched you ride, sometimes they didn't, and then they issued you with a license. So it's the only time in my life that I've got a genuine bike license. Travel is the subject on 2NURFM and Barry Warwick with us today. Barry, we're thinking cruise liners at the moment. That's right, Jane. Look, Royal Caribbean have just announced that they're going to, um, next year in November 2012, bring out Australia, the first mega liner to cruise in Australian waters. So, A mega liner? How big is that? A mega liner. Now, a mega liner is one that is 138,000 tonne. Most of the ships that are around here at the moment, well, w- which we consider to be larger, are around about the 70,000 tonne. So... This is sort of almost double in size. It'll take 3,840 passengers um, plus crew. So, you know, you're probably um, another couple or another 1,500 in crew. So it's a lot of people on the one ship. Well, you wouldn't get bored with your fellow passengers. You certainly wouldn't. There'd be plenty of hiding places. Uh, Look, even the dining venues, there's there's a a three-tier main dining room. Um, They've got an Italian restaurant. They've got a Johnny Rockets 50s diner, uh, a Jade Sushi bar on there, an English pub and sports bar, cafe on the promenade, and a Windjammer cafe. So it's almost like going to a a little town and, um, you know, having a, a really good time. Some of the other things that this particular ship has is an ice skating ring. So, uh, you know, something a little bit uh, different. Uh, it's got a full-size sports court, nine-hole miniature golf course. Uh, of course, it has the um, kids' club and teen disco. It's got an inline skating track, um, 10 deck atrium, uh, 1,400-square-metre spa and gym, uh, and a three-deck theatre that seats 1,350. So it's just, it's really almost a destination in itself to, to go on one of these um, these megaliners, and certainly it's the first. And yeah, I don't think course. it would fit under the Sydney Harbour Bridge, so it could be could be a little bit interesting where they have to dock it. But so it will be in Sydney? It will be in Sydney. It'll be cruising there for a five-month season. And so starting in November, uh, I understand reservations won't open until July, but, you know, for the cruising enthusiast, it's something... Um, to look forward to and there's just Jane there's so many ships that are coming to Australian waters at the moment Uh, it's just unprecedented and they they say that the cruise market is hardly tapped here so uh, interesting so you can expect more it'll be interesting to see just how um, how they fill all of all of these ships I mean um, this particular cruise line will have five different vessels in the um, 
Australian waters at that time. There'll be Rhapsody of Seas, Radiance of the Seas, uh, the Celebrity Solstice and the Celebrity Millennium. So, uh, that, and that's just one cruise line. Then you've got your, your Perno and um, all the others that are already here. So I think it's going to be a cruising bonanza for those that are really interested in doing cruising. And it gives just that added um, choice, I guess, so that you can now choose rather than having to do a, a cruise that sort of one size fits all, now you can actually select a cruise that is actually just right for you. So the itineraries will differ? The itineraries will differ uh, and it'll range up to an 18-night um, cruise. So um, I'm not sure what the, the shortest one is, but I know that they will be doing an 18-night cruise. So Plenty happening on the cruising market scene. certainly is something to look forward to. Thank you, Barry Warwick. Yeah, thank you, Jane. And we'll be talking travel again next Friday after the 1 o'clock news on 2NURFM.